0: It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick.
0: Out of the gate, JT with you. Great to have you today. We got a big show as I got back from Canton, Ohio last night, and we welcome you to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Just back from the Raiders facility, caught the very end of practice, and now I'm back here and thrilled to be here. Thursday, we are live from the Thomas & Mack Center for NBA Summer League. Come watch some of the biggest and brightest future stars of the NBA up close as all 30 teams will be playing August 8th through the 17th NBA Summer League is in town, and we are brought to you by P.T.'s. Best happy hour in town, as you know. Book your fantasy football draft party at P.T.'s. This is one of their many strengths, is the way they build these draft parties. Draft your ultimate fantasy team at your favorite P.T.'s tavern while enjoying ice-cold $7 beer pitchers, and food packs for only $20 for a group of four, 40 for a group of six. So head on out to P.T.'s and get your fantasy team all locked up and ready to go. We do not have enough time today for me to get through this show. John Gruden, head coach of the Raiders, is going to join us any moment. So he's checking in here. It could be five minutes, could be eight minutes, ten minutes. We'll talk to the head coach of the Raiders coming up here shortly. Uh, Jeff Sherman from over at the Westgate. He'll check in on some of the moving odds. In basketball for next year, what we're going to see with baseball, he joins us every two weeks on Tuesday. And Albert Hall, one of the founders and directors of Summer League, he's going to join us at the bottom of the hours. And then wide open the second hour so I can tell some Hall of Fame stories from Canton, but I'd like to hear yours. I ran into a sea of Raider fans in Canton, Ohio. Some that I knew very well, some brand new Raider fans that I haven't met before. And I will tell you this as we begin the show It was one of the highlights of my career. And the reason it was one of the highlights of my career is I brought my wife. And my wife goes to a lot of events with me, but she doesn't go to them all. And she wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. We were invited by the Flores family. I had the honor, the honor to emcee his post-entrimon party on the campus of the Hall of Fame, which was incredible. Incredible. That's what I want to share with you. And then I headed over to Charles Woodson's party, See Wood, Invited us to that, and that was great when we got there. And then all the other events that happened in between the tour of the Hall of Fame, the archives. I spent 40 minutes in the bowels of the archives of the Hall of Fame. All of this I posted on my Facebook page at JTTheBrick, and I'll share some of those stories today. But it was just incredible. And, you know, it didn't feel like closure. My wife at one point said to me, she said as we were sitting down, and it was before Peyton Manning's speech, and she says, how are you handling all this? And I said, well, other than Cliff, other than Cliff Branch getting in and, you know, hopefully Jim Plunkin and there are other names that we'd love to see in. I felt like a lot of closure, like I don't have to come back again. You ever go on a trip like that? You know, I get to the age or whatever age you're at where you go see something and when you leave, you leave, you go, I don't know if I'll ever be back. And I know I'm going to be back for Cliff Branch because I cannot miss that if Cliff gets in. But I had a sense of peace and closure and just this feeling over me, over me, that, man, if it all ended right now today for me at the Hall of Fame, I'm good. I mean, I saw it all. I mean, I, that Peyton Manning speech was incredible. Tom Flores, Charles Woodson's speech, Megatron, Fanica, everything that went on, John Lynch, everybody's speech kind of had a moment that went through all of us. And then to see everybody there who had such a good time, and then walked away from the enshrinement ceremonies, got on buses to go to parties, showed up at the Hall of Fame, the Holiday Inn where all the gold coats stay, to be behind the scenes in that bar with Emmett Smith till two in the morning and Dan Marino and to see that thanks to the Bolitnikovs. The Bolitnikoffs, Fred and Angela Bolitnikoff, invited my wife and I as their guest. We went to dinner with them back to back nights. It was incredible to be in the room with them, and they had the best table in the room, and to see everybody who's in that room paying homage to Fred, who's kind of like the mayor of Bender's, the big restaurant there that everybody tries to go to. The Speaker of the House was there. Peyton Manning's there. Marino's there, and you're sitting looking around this room, and they're all looking at Fred Bolitnikoff because that's his restaurant, and they all come to the table, and I'm sitting at the table with my wife going, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is crazy. And just all of that kind of was overwhelming to me, going through the merch tent and my wife buying gear for my sons, hats and shirts, and it was just fantastic. It was very emotional. It was very cool. It was great to see so many fan bases get along. You know, I've been always talking about that for a while. Vegas, Oakland is Oakland is the mecca. Oakland Raiders and L.A., now Vegas. But to see that many Steeler fans, that many Cowboy fans and Raider fans that will never happen again ever in the history of your life or my life. Never again. Troy Polamalo, Bill Cowher, Fanica, the, the Steelers, they won. They had the most fans because it's, it's an hour and 20 minutes. They drove. Some of them just drove and left home. They, they had the close vicinity. The Cowboys with Drew Pearson, Cliff Harris, Jimmy Johnson, they were in mass. Cowboy fans were everywhere. And right there, Raider Nation. Raider Nation had a two-for-one with Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. So this is a really good time where my head's in a good space now because we were kind of building for this, and we didn't want to go too far. We didn't want to go too crazy and jump into the depth chart of the Raiders. Depth chart came out a day ago. We'll do that tomorrow. But it was about the Hall of Fame. So if you went to the Hall of Fame, if you watched the Hall of Fame ceremony, Please call in and share some stories about what it meant to you. I'll share some behind-the-scene moments that I saw with Coach Flores with some players, which were remarkable, again, remarkable moments, and we'll do that today. And then we'll get ready as we build for this week for the first preseason game against Seattle coming up on Saturday. Oh, and if you went to Raider practice, if you're one of the 20,000 that went to Raider practice at Allegiant, let's hear from you. Might have been your first time in the stadium. Might have been your second. I don't know if you went to the Gold Cup or Garth Brooks. What would you think? What would you think of practice there, the dress rehearsal, and how important that was as we wait on John Gruden. It should be here in the next two or three minutes. Uh, Jump on board here, and let's get going. I'm not there yet, but I'm telling you, I'm gearing the car up. I'm lubing the car up. I'm rotating the tires on this show because we're going balls out here in about a week or two. I don't go crazy in the preseason. There's no need to. That that Ravens game's coming, and it's coming fast, and there's a lot on the line. So we need this show to kind of get going out of the summer slumber, which I've been a part of, but now the summer slumber is over here, and we got a lot of work to do. 702-365-9200. And I expect to hear some bleeping stories about Flores and Woodson, especially if you got the Raiders mobile app and you bleeping went to Canton. You you better have a story for me about what it was like to walk around the, the campus of the Hall of Fame and look up and see Tom Flores' name up there and Charles Woodson and what it meant to you. 702 365 9,200, here we go after a big day of practice today. We welcome in the head coach of the Silver and Black as we get ready for the preseason game. Let's welcome in John Gruden. Coach, thanks for doing this. Appreciate a few minutes. Doing great,
1: JT. Thanks for having me on.
0: Let's jump right in. The level of your defense earlier today at practice, I want to talk about the depth, the quality of players, and the level of intensity that you're seeing from them.
1: Well, we, we got better today. Uh, we, we've been waiting for a couple of our, our young players and newcomers to really turn it on and turn it on together, and they did that today. They had a great day, clearly the best that uh, they've looked throughout training camp.
0: Coach, the level of intensity, too, from Gus Bradley. I want to talk since the last time we had you on, about lining up these young defensive players right, coaching them up, having them become more ball hawks and getting to the ball faster. Are you seeing growth out of them?
1: Yes, we are, and I think it all starts with Gus and his staff, but certainly there's a lot of new faces on all three levels of our defense, and uh, we had a very physical practice today, and uh, I think our defense was was not happy with the way they practiced and played the last couple days. They responded. So they showed some mental and physical toughness today. I was really excited about it, and we took the ball away.
0: Coach, you and especially Mike Mayock have talked about your evaluating positions every day, every night when you look at film. What was the process of bringing Gerald McCoy in, signing him, and what have you seen so far?
1: Well, we haven't had a pass rush uh, that's to our standards uh, of the Raiders, and our inside pass rush particularly we have struggled and. Gerald McCoy is, has been one of the best inside rushers in football. He's coming off a serious injury. We're taking our time with him. But we think with the addition of Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, Darius Phylon, now Gerald McCoy, and moving Cleve Farrell inside, we think we've got four or five guys that can get after the passer. And we know Yannick and Max and Malcolm Kuntz are going to bring it off the edge. And Ryan Nassib has been sharp. So It's competitive. We felt like the inside pass rush was not good enough, and we've done everything we can to address it.
0: John Gruden joins us. I agree. You've got to get more out of this interior pass rush, and now maybe one-on-one coverage for Yannick and Max and Klee, if he has a popping year and plays well. This gives the opposing quarterback less time to set up and look downfield and look to try to expose some young players there. So this is a work in progress, but you're, you appreciate now what you're seeing here with the depth on this defensive line.
1: Yes, and Rod Marinelli's a great uh, position coach for the defensive line. I think competition and depth go hand in hand. Anytime you have depth, you have competition. And these guys are playing to be active. They're playing to become starters. And I think they have a lot of pride, and they know they're the key to our, our success this year.
0: Littleton and Arnett, tell me a little bit about both of them and what you needed to see in the offseason from them and what you've seen so far at camp.
1: Well, Damon Arnett is, is as talented as any corner we have on this team. Obviously, he had the thumb injury. He had coronavirus. Uh, he had the concussion problems. He missed the off season. I'm not making excuses, but it's time for the talent to show up on game day. And I think he's starting to string some consistency together in the meeting room, on the practice field. He hasn't missed a day. He's been durable. He's 12 pounds heavier. He looks the part. He's playing confident. And I think this scheme really helps Corey Littleton. He can use his speed. Uh, He's very good in coverage. He's got great range. And he and Nick Morrow have done a nice job in the middle of our defense. We think we're better at all three levels. And offensively, we've been getting after him every day, showing him just about everything we can think of. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: John Gruden's our guest. The interior of the offensive line. Richie is back. We know what Colton Miller can do at left tackle. For the other three position players ahead of the Seahawks game, the Rams practices. Do you like what you see, their freshness, their ability to react and recover after practices? Because these first couple of games, Ravens and Pittsburgh, we know what their fronts can do on defense.
1: Yeah, not just the fronts. It's the volume of blitzes. They're going to come from everywhere. So you have to – get these guys some experience in terms of what they're going to see. The great thing is Leatherwood has been a quick study. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a work in progress, but he's tough, very athletic. He's got long arms. Andre James has done a nice job in the pivot. Like you said, incognito, Denzel good. We still have some veterans at the guard position. But we've been pleased with John Simpson. And uh, Lester Cotton has been a surprise Mm -hmm. so far. We're anxious to see our young players – against seattle and how they handle themselves obviously against the rams
0: john gruden joins us coach you appreciate this especially this practice coming up when we get there with the rams the level of intensity to go up against players and as you said in a recent press conference your players to show up and let the rams know and let the seahawks know saturday that they're ready to go and compete this is go time for you and this squad the squad is ready to go in your impression ahead of schedule
1: Well, we like what we have. We're not going to play everybody against Seattle. Our our guys won't play. Some of them won't play at all in the preseason games. We want to keep the right 53 men. There are young players on this team we need to see. You're going to see the rookie class. You're going to see some of our second-year players. You're going to see some of our newcomers. And we have to make sure that we keep the right 53 guys. But I expect everybody to be ready to go. We're going to find out who can run and who can hit, who can play under the lights. We can't wait to get rolling.
0: Your fourth year with Derek Carr now. Derek's fourth with you. The evolution for you as a play caller and what you've asked Derek to do in the offseason to be be ready for this season with all the weapons that you have. How's that coming along?
1: Derek's been great. He's completed over 90% of his passes in this training camp. He's really been on it. He's moving around well. He's making... Really good decisions, and I think he's rallied our young team. He's been very, very much the leader that you would expect him to be. And we put some plays in now that are a little bit different. Um, I can't wait to show them here when the season starts. Uh, We've been doing it without Darren Waller all summer, so we've had to lean on Edwards and Ruggs and some of the young guys. Foster Moreau has looked great. Mm -hmm. But Derek Carr has been pinpoint. He's been on it, and he's been a really good day-to-day leader for us. We're excited about our quarterback.
0: Coach, as we wrap this up with Ruggs and Edwards – It's really a good place for you to be in as a play caller, too. You got great offensive coaches. There's only one football to go around, and these guys got to be ready. If they want more footballs coming their way, these young guys got to step up in game like atmospheres, go up and make big plays and stay available. These are physical players. I love the way Ruggs looks from year one to year two.
1: Exactly right. And we expect those guys to make a big jump. Willie Snead has come in here, John Brown is here. Zay Jones is competing. We've got a really good class of young receivers, and they've got to compete to not only get the ball but stay on the field. Uh, Waller and Foster Moreau, they want their touches. Kenyon Drake and Jacobs want their share of the ball. But uh, we can't worry about statistics. We've got to get it done up front. We've got to continue to get better and get some confidence as the days go by. But you're going to like this team, I think. We're fast. I think we can run it. I think we're going to be able to throw it. Uh, as long as the coach doesn't screw it up, we might be pretty good.
0: <laughs> hey, I know you were back in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium and busy, but how great was it to see Tom Flores come out there, his enshrinement for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a coach and knowing your friendship and the history of Tom Flores, how did that make you feel?
1: Uh, touching. Really touching because he I don't think he ever got the credit for the kind of coach he was or the player he was and the kind of man he is. But when you think of Tom Flores, don't forget the word hard work and loyalty. That's what made Tom Flores, uh, to me, very, very special as a friend and as a leader of men. Uh, Really happy and excited for him and Charles Woodson and Raider Nation.
0: Hey, last one, Peyton Manning, who you know very well, but your old player too, John Lynch, getting in. There were a lot of good speeches with a lot of connections to you. How'd that make you feel?
1: Yeah, so it's just great to have been a small part of that. And, you know, you just it motivates you to get up the next day and go to work and help some of these young players you know, hopefully get the same results someday. But uh, you had a chance to see some of the great Hall of Fame inductees that you're ever going to see and just really, really happy for the guys you mentioned.
0: See you Saturday, Coach. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate
1: it. Thanks, JT. Have a good one.
0: You too. John Gruden, head coach of the Silver and Black as we continue on here. And look, uh, John Gruden, busy guy today, Uh, being out there at practice. I got there to the end of practice today. We had a big meeting. We knew we were having the interview with Coach. I will tell you this, uh, watching the end of practice and seeing what I heard in the building about the offense struggling a little bit today and the defense stepping up with interceptions and big plays is a good thing. You can look at it at one thing. Well, a couple of interceptions, what happened on a few plays. The defense needs to make plays. That was what the interview was going to be about today. Once I noticed that the defense really came alive today, they were louder. They were physical. They, in my opinion, looked like they were Ready to go. They had, as Coach Gruden would say, the juice. And their juice was uh, pretty fired up today. So we appreciate John Gruden. We'll be talking to him throughout the year right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. And, you know, they're going to be – look, he is is intense right now. He's pretty intense right now. There wasn't going to be a long discussion about the Hall of Fame. Unless he gave me a long discussion about the Hall of Fame. He's trying to get these guys prepared, get ready to go. From everything I heard, Darren Waller's okay. Darren Waller will be 100%. He will be ready to go when the season starts. And you're not going to see a lot of players, as he said, playing the preseason game against Seattle. I think what they're doing is they're looking to peak. Clearly they're looking to peak for what will be in a big practice session coming up with the Rams. 702-365-9200. Also, his opinion on Gerald McCoy and why he was brought in. Look, Gruden's an offensive coach. I think Gerald McCoy coming in gives him a little bit of an excuse to sleep a little bit easier knowing he's got a pure pro. Obviously, we're going to play a portion of his press conference from earlier today or some sound bites from it on his maturity level, his Pro Bowl pedigree, and what he brings there. That's a big signing because they worked him out, and so far he's looked really good. And as Mike Mayock said in a couple of the coaches, he's got the pop and the twitch that they need for him to blow up the line of scrimmage and make some plays. And it gives other guys an opportunity to feed off of him as we're talking about Max Crosby. Max Crosby and on the other side, Yannick Ngakwe, Cleland Farrell, as coach said, more on the inside, but I think he can stunt and come around the edge. And what will we get from Carl Nassib? I have no idea what we're going to get from Carl Nassib, but it better be big. Better be seven or eight sacks. Because he's going to be fresh. He's going to have fresh legs. He is not a starter. He's got to come in and make big plays. Solomon Thomas. And I wouldn't be surprised. Just in my opinion, as I have the depth chart in front of me, I would not be surprised if there was a surprise cut. Because these next couple of weeks, we talk about Phylon, Thomas, Hankins, all the guys they have at the defensive tackle position. Somebody might not be there. Wink, wink at the end. Because they're going to be evaluated over the next couple of three weeks here. And they're going to have to prove that they can start. And they are worthy about being a roster player on this team. And earning this type of money. All right, so a lot to say. Uh, John Gruden just joined us. We're pumped up to talk to Coach. We'll have more interviews. Thanks to Will Kiss and everyone at the Raiders department for making that happen today. On a busy day. I'm back from Canton. More stories. And again, I've always believed. I'm a sports talk host. I like to talk sports. I don't tell a lot of stories. I don't go deep about my life. I, I try to keep it to sports because I think you tune in to hear sports. I got some pretty cool stories from Canton, and I think they're some of the best stories I can share with you. So I'm going to do most of that today, and that's what I'd like you to do. What was your big takeaway from the Flores and Woodson speech? What did you love about Canton? If you went to Canton, if I saw you in Canton, saw a lot of Raider fans. I had a couple beers with a few Raider fans, man. I threw back a couple of Modellos, brought to you by Modello, and I had a great time in Canton, and I want to share some of those stories as we continue. 702-365-9200. Thrilled to be back. Not easy to get to Canton and back, but we did it. Had a great time with my wife. Uh, came here into studio today and found a beautiful gift package from my guys from Raider Nation Rochester, they sent me a beautiful gift package with a lot of gear. Remember, if you do have a group, if you have a booster club, I got a beautiful new shirt. I got to wear that and do a backyard brick. They got the XL right, ready to go. Thanks to my friends. Not About 30 minutes from where I went to college at Geneseo State University, thanks to the Raider Nation Rochester Booster Club for the gift package. Really appreciate that. The club member laminate. Love that. As we continue here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM.
2: Right now, he's Um, progressing him in and we've um, got him some individual right now but I mean just his presence is really good with the guys he is a wealth of knowledge he's played the position at a high level and uh, it's really great great to have him here and it's just a day-by-day process now
0: it's Rod Marinelli talking about Gerald McCoy JT good to have you back back from Canton Last night, ready to roll as we head into the first preseason game. Brought to you by Five Iron Golf, the premier indoor golf facility inside Area 15 with eight simulators. Giving you access to play the world's best golf courses. All enjoying food and drinks. $100 off for their golf leagues that start coming up here pretty soon. Monday, August 16th. Tell them JT sent you Get get $100 off. Call, Call them now at Five Iron Golf inside Area 15. So back, excited pumped up about Canton Raider nation pumping through the entire city of Canton, Ohio, Cleveland, Akron, everybody who showed up at the Raider parties, the Raider events. Nice job by everyone there. Uh, Albert Hall from NBA summer league at the bottom of the hour is we're helping them promote that event. Rob in Cleveland, where I flew out of Cleveland yesterday. How are you, Rob? I'm great,
3: JT. Hey, I had a great weekend. I came up to, my, I have a buddy that's been wanting me to go to the parade for years, mm-hmm. and I had to work late Saturday afternoon. So I went up there to the parade in the morning, saw the Hall of Famers come by. It was so awesome. And I said to my wife, I go, look, coach is coming. And he was sitting in that uh, little blue convertible, mm-hmm. and I could see someone was sitting with him. I said, I'm going to go down right to the curb. So I went down to the curb. Coach was coming. The car was coming. And I made eye contact with Mark Davis. I had my Raider gear on and Mark Davis acknowledged me on the curb and I just walked right over to the car and gave coach a fist bump, told him how proud I was that he was going in and congratulated him on it, told uh, Mark Davis that I was coming on uh, Saturday to the game mm-hmm. and I was excited to see the stadium. He just wanted to talk to me about the stadium and I said, hey, I listen to you guys on the app. It was a wonderful experience. I walked with these guys in the parade probably for a couple hundred feet down the road. I was either going to have to get in the car or go (laughs) back to my wife. And uh, so I went back. But it was an outstanding uh, experience. I made a personal connection there with uh, Mr. Davis and uh, Coach who uh, just went Grateful to uh, be there, and it was a wonderful experience. Excellent.
0: Thanks for sharing that. appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Good to hear from you from Cleveland, listening on the Raiders mobile app, which is a big deal. And That's great. That's what it's all about. You know, big weekend for Mark Davis. He was on stage with Coach Flores. Coach Flores got out of his wheelchair and made his induction speech and then sat right there on the couch with Mark throughout all the other speeches that went there, including the great one from Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. So that was special for the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, to be sitting right at the podium to hear those other legends speak. And he was very proud to be associated with it. Fantastic weekend for Mark Davis, Tom Flores, everyone involved with the organization. Alan in Vegas, you're up next on the flagship. What's happening?
3: JC, for now I can only dream about taking a trip to
4: Canton, but I got to listen and then watch Tom Flores' speech, and I was in tears because he's done so much for the league. He's done so much as an individual. And to finally see him get that gold jacket meant so much to me as a
3: Raider fan, but also as a Latino. And you can tell um, how much it meant to
4: him to finally receive that jacket. And it just means so much to us as Raider fans that um, a great justice was finally done. And he, does, he deserves every bit of it.
0: Yeah, he does. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. And you're right. He He deserves everything. And The stories that were told, Paul McGuire, his best friend, uh, spoke at his party. I introduced him at the party. I'll tell you about that later. And, you know, they laugh back and forth. Paul calls him the Mexican, and Coach calls him other names back, and they have this unbelievable bond and friendship. Their wives are best friends, and it goes back to a lot of fans. A lot of fans there. It goes back to the Latino, the Mexican-American heritage of Tom Flores. There's a lot of fans that connect with that. And that's a big part of his legacy. It's a huge part of his legacy, and everybody should embrace that. And Coach Flores does. Man, he talks about it all the time. I was so happy to see him. He was genuinely so happy to be in that room after the event because the Hall of Fame was kind enough to give him the Hall of Fame. There's a new banquet room inside the Hall of Fame. They're putting a ton of money in and around the area of the Hall of Fame. They're building a water park. They're building a hotel right on campus. Massive what they're building. And for Coach Flores to be there, and the night before, they gave that room to Paul Tagalabu, the commissioner, the former commissioner. He had it on Saturday night, and then they gave it to Tom Flores on Sunday night. And I had to be there to emcee the party, so I was the first one in the room. I left about three-quarters of the way into Charles Woodson's speech and just kind of went around the stage and walked in there and saw the setup. And then Coach Flores came in a little bit later on to a standing ovation from his former players, family, friends, and it was just great to see. Fantastic to see. And he was overwhelmed, and especially from his sons. His sons were fantastic. First time I ever met him. His daughter Kim was fantastic. She was excited, a great hostess. And then the most important, uh, Mrs. Flores, Barbara Flores, who was the reason why we had this party. She set up the whole thing, made sure the gifts were incredible, the food was amazing. and What they had in the room was they had just videos from NFL films of great Raider moments with Tom Flores, which was fantastic to see. So if you happen to be there for the speech, if you were inside the stadium, or if you were walking around or just watching on TV... We wanted to make sure that you could share with us exactly what you felt about the moment and how important it was for you, 702-365-9200, and especially the Charles Woodson memories that were very important, too. Huge moment for Charles Woodson, and I can't wait to share what I saw at his party near the end of the night when royalty walked in. Albert Hall, kind enough to join us, the president of Hall Pass Media, co-founder of NBA Summer League out at Thomas & Mack, and... Mac, and Albert, you're off to another good start with an exciting matchup today and tonight. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm great, JT. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the support. Miss you, man. Hope, uh, hopefully we can get you out here. Yeah, I'm there yeah, Thursday.
0: A- We're out there Thursday for the remote. We're excited about that. And I know, again, this schedule. I got, the, I got the spreadsheet in front of me. What do you do every morning when you wake up before you work out and run and look at this spreadsheet of all these games, knowing you know everybody who's coming into town?
2: Hey, I get excited. That's what I do because I know who's balling and who's not. But, look, it's uh, you never know how these are going to play out when we put this thing together and work with the NBA and NBA broadcast on this and, of course, our teams. But you want the best picks playing head-to-head, and that's what we always deliver at Summer League. Tonight we got number one versus number two. Yeah, that is
0: fantastic. Talk to me about one-verse-two and some of the other matchups there, because I know fans fans want to go see particular players and particular teams, and then certain nights, it's just the perfect storm for
1: you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you and I know, we've talked for years about, we, we love talking hoops, right, and mm-hmm. the players, and I mean, last night, you had Jalen Suggs put on a show his first game. You know, Jalen Green playing his first game played real well. Mobley did his thing. Um, some other kids that are really stepping up, and then obviously Kate Cunningham, right? Number one pick. So he's going head to head with Jalen. There's a little bragging rice there, a little little juice in the building. Um, but you're going to see this draft's loaded. I mean, we had this, this Jalen Johnson kid from Atlanta goes out and drops 20 and 10 his first game. We we're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. So Each and every year we have those stories, and they're starting to take shape.
0: Yeah, and What about the level of nerves and excitement for the players? Because some played in national championship games, final fours, others have not. But they come to Summer League, and they're supposed to be having fun and being loose. Everybody's having such a good time. What has that been like over the years for you to see the debut of some of these top picks, like tonight, one versus two?
2: Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, this is what it's all about. We love the energy because – Look, a lot of times they've been playing in front of a smaller crowd, or depending on where they went to school, a larger crowd. But this is an NBA type atmosphere, right? And now you got your peers watching. Last night we got Kawhi and PG sitting, you know, courtside watching their game, uh, just saying, "Okay, what do these young guys have?" The night before, you know, Bam brings his gold medal over here and watches the guys from uh, Miami. You know, we're, we're anticipating, you know, Steph or or who knows? Braun always comes out here, but look, we're going to have these guys come out. And they want to see what these young guys are all about and prove it. And it's it's actually kind of fun because that's become a little bit of the norm here at Summer League just to prove it to those guys. I was with Dwayne Wade last night uh, watching that final seconds of the game in Suggs, and it's like, hey, make a name, Rook. That's what he kept saying, make a name. And, you know, Suggs almost got it done and won it in overtime, but that's what this is all about.
0: Albert Hall, president of Hall Bass Media, co-founder of NBA Summer League. So how's everybody dealt with protocols? I just got back from Canton. It was kind of loose. I mean, it was interesting because it was outdoors. You have this at Thomas & Mac. You put in so much time and effort with everybody involved here with Vegas who takes this very seriously. How smooth has it gone so far, especially for all the customers and young fans?
2: I mean, it's been as good as we can hope for. Good. I mean, obviously the mask mandate is what it is. We don't control that, but mm-hmm. everybody's bought in. All you need is a mask. You get in, you get your ticket, you wear a mask, great. You know, when you're chopping it up or having a soda or a beer, you can take it off and, you know— and do that thing, it's pretty normal. But everybody's been fully compliant. It's been really, really good. It doesn't really seem to obstruct much, and it definitely doesn't damper the enthusiasm. So we're we're happy. Um, looks like some things are trending in a good direction nationwide, which that's what we all need.
0: I see later on tonight, too, if I have this right, some of the other matchups. Yeah, you, know, you. I look at Detroit-Houston, which is so big, but you see a game like Chicago and San Antonio or the Clippers – and Portland and then tomorrow I can't wait to see, you know, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. So you're noticing that fans are looking at particular matchups, they want to see their favorite player and how accessible these players are, you know, after they run, after they're walking around and especially throughout the city of Las Vegas. All the youngsters in town are here. They want to see players, they want to get an autograph, they wanna be involved with this, but they love the action.
2: They love the action. Can't can't wait for more mm-hmm. of it. And I think you know, we started on a Sunday night mm-hmm. this year, which was different for us. Not much we could do about that, but you're going to see momentum build this weekend. Good. You know, typically, we have packed, sold out houses those first two nights. I think we're going to see really, really big crowds on Friday and Saturday. Recommend everybody to get their tickets early. You know, you can go to unlvtickets.com or nbaevents.com, order there, and the box office is still open, baby. So, we're we're looking forward to a big weekend. And this as we settle in here on Tuesday, we got different things happening throughout the week, but we're rolling. We're excited about it. Everybody's safe. Everybody's smiling.
0: Good. Hey, finally, I want to ask you a business question about some of these, you know, rookie contract extensions and these super max deals, like Luca two hundred and seventy million dollar extension. You know, these players, they can't turn this money down, Albert. They have to take it because if they get a career-threatening injury, you cannot leave that much money on the table. But some guys at the end of that or near the end of those contracts won out. Tell me about the business side of these young players staying with their current teams and signing these max extensions while they're young because they're going to get two more contracts at a minimum the rest of their careers if they become legends.
2: No question. I mean, the, the 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 rule is the quicker that clock starts ticking, the better, right? As right. far as a contract is concerned, and I think you've seen that extended to the longer money right now. Knowing that that contract is guaranteed, it can go with you if you are moved, but also at the same time, you don't know what the future holds, right? So jump on it now. I mean, it, you have to do that. You have to do this deal, and at the same time, um, as it, as it moves forward. You know, like you said, that one starts and the next one begins, or excuse me, that one ends and next one begins. The quicker they can do that, the the better earning potential they have, and you can't fault the guys. It's just a, it's the system right now.
0: Luca has a chance to be top three, four all time, in your opinion, all time.
2: Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's tough to tough to make a call. He's he's an amazing player, no doubt about it. Um, I think he's shown he's durable from a from a skill perspective. There hasn't been a guy like him in a long time. Um, to say 3-4, I mean, he's got to do it for another couple of years. If he wins the title, great. Um, and then that will probably ice him in that in that top, top, let's say, five category.
0: All right, finally, last one, Detroit-Houston tonight, uh, 6 p.m. local time, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The importance of this game, everyone dial in. What should we expect with this matchup, one versus two?
2: A lot of juice, a lot of juice. Jalen Green, I think I was on with you probably yeah. three, four years ago telling you about him. He's a showstopper, man. He loves the, the flair. He loves the dramatic. He's got that spicy game. That's just his. And Kate is as rock solid as they get. You know he's going to be having his team right in a position to win. I think they, they took one on the chin the first game, but I really expect a big game from Kate Cunningham tonight.
0: You got it. I'll see you out there Thursday. We'll tell everybody to keep driving tickets. Thanks for doing this.
2: All right, buddy. Anytime. Thank you for support.
0: You got it. Albert Hall, NBA Summer League. As we are out there Thursday at the Thomas and & Mac, and we'll be in the main concourse doing the show for two hours. We'll have an NBA flair to us talking Raider football on Raider Nation Radio as we're leading up to the game on Saturday, Raider Nation Radio. But everybody, get your Summer League tickets and get out of the heat. Get out of the heat and go there. Bring the kids, bring a mask, and spend hour after hour hours there. And let the kids have a fantastic time. All right, JT, back from Canton, Ohio. When we come back, we'll talk to Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, the Superbook on what he's doing. John Gruden already joined us, and we got great sound from Gerald McCoy, the newest member of the Raider Nation.
1: Well, we have a lot of unknowns still. You know, we got a lot of new faces from other teams. We've got a young group of players that are inexperienced. We're trying to get as much experience as possible. That's why we came out here today.
0: It's John Gruden. Who, that was that Sunday at Allegiant Stadium at the Raiders practice. JT, back with you, back from the Raider facility today. We already had John Gruden on to kick off the show. If you missed a portion of that, we'll have it podcast and ready to go. Uh, Jeff Sherman joins us over from the Superbook at the Westgate. We talk to him every two weeks, and it's a thrill to have him on, especially ahead of football season. Jeff, good to talk to you. Let's begin with preseason handle, preseason max on some of these preseason games where I'm looking at the total. Some of them are as low as 32, 33. What is it like now for your customers betting preseason football?
4: Uh, Interest is pretty light. I mean, you don't see too much involvement. It's a lot of sharp play. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see a lot of movement in the lines, especially the totals, like you mentioned. We'll see up and down from the totals from the sharps. But. Uh, the public doesn't get too involved in this. Uh, it's just a warm-up uh, prelude to the regular season.
0: So some of the Sharps really play it right here and understand that this, if, if it's their expertise and they seem to know who's going to play, does it come down to rosters and trying to get a feel from the coach of who's going to play or not? Because, I mean, that Hall of Fame game, as we texted about, that was just an awful football game to watch, but Pittsburgh was able to cover that spread way under the total. There was an opportunity there for some sharp players.
4: Yeah, it's all information-based. And uh, when coaches release what type of uh, quarterback rotation they might be using or how many reps um, a starting offense might go, things like that. You know, We heard Tampa was going to play a a couple series in the first quarter this week. Uh, And a lot of the Sharps look at the rotation depths in the quarterbacks. And some teams that have maybe two or three guys that are somewhat competent quarterbacks that have played the NFL before, they they might get involved with a team like that. But uh, another uh, point you could look at is – Sean McVay for the Rams, uh, he's a fade in the preseason because he mm. just generally doesn't play his guys. So we've seen a line move on the Chargers against the Rams, and part of that angle, too, is the Chargers with a new coach where he wants to, to get things going with the culture and get things the right way so the new coach angle can play into these two.
0: I'm seeing here that Rodgers is likely to skip the preseason here with any reps at all. And, you know, I'm also hearing from the Jets' side that Zach Wilson looks terrible early in these games. I wanted to ask you about Future's odds on the MVP. Last time we talked, it's always Patrick Mahomes near the top, but I'm interested in Lamar Jackson. He plays the first ever Monday night game with fans in Vegas against the Raiders, and I think he's the best running quarterback I've seen. I think in the long run he's going to be better than Mahomes, better than Michael Vick, and that says a lot coming from me. But he's still developing into a pocket pastor. What does it look like with him uh, odds-wise to win the MVP playing quarterback?
4: Yeah, we're sitting at 12-1, to and he's been a popular choice since he won it a couple years mm-hmm. ago. But uh, right above him, we're seeing more money on Josh Allen, uh, You know, especially off his contract extension. Uh, people like what the Bills did last year, and the Bills are – very public this year. So there's a few candidates ahead of Lamar Jackson at this point.
0: Any position players outside of quarterbacks that have you seen a big line movement with recently?
4: Not really. It's just such a quarterback driven market. Uh, You know, it's, you see some money spread out in the pool, but, Uh, The running backs, the the wide receivers, they don't get too much serious interest in this.
0: Jeff Sherman joins us from the Superbook over at the Westgate. I want to jump in with baseball. The Yankees have been storming as of late, eight out of their last ten. A real dramatic, wild game last night. One of the wildest games I've ever seen with the bullpen implosion, but they were able to win that game. And now the Yankees just six out behind Tampa Bay, one behind Boston in the loss column. Sharp money coming in on the Yankees to get to the postseason?
4: Yeah, we've seen some over the last week and a half, and uh, they've gone from twenty-five to one for the World Series down to sixteen to one. And I, I love your comments when I see them playing a game, and it's always the bullpen, and <laughs> that, I-, I get a kick out of that. But you know, if they can get past the bullpen issues that they have, you know, they they got a lineup that they've shored up uh, through the-, the trade market. So. Uh, definitely their, their odds have improved at this point.
0: Yeah, that's just me being cranky Yankee. Don't follow. That's just me being <laughs> emotional on social media. The A's. The A's are 64 and 48. Two games back at Houston. All of a sudden, I'm back from Canton. I've watched a lot of baseball the last three or four days, and I see they won eight out of ten as the Astros have lost six out of their last ten. Big movement here for Oakland.
4: Yeah, they've uh, improved their chances at 20-1 to one for the World Series, and Houston's drifted out from six to seven, but if you look through the World Series market right now, there's just so many teams under 20 to 1 that, you know, just the format. I mean, even the, the Dodgers, if they have to go through a play in game, you know, that, that really hurts their chances doing mm-hmm. that. So they really need to catch San Francisco. But uh, outside of the Dodgers being at 5 to 2 just because they're so public, a lot of odds out there between 8 and 20 to 1.
0: Jeff Sherman at Golf Odds, a must follow on Twitter. I'm a big Bryce Harper guy. I want to talk about his chances in the MVP? You've been doing this a long time. What the hell's going on there with the amount of how these odds got short for him all of a sudden? And Philadelphia, taking a look at them now as they've bypassed Atlanta and the Mets here, a two-game lead. They've won eight in a row. Tell me about the team and Bryce Harper for the MVP.
4: Well, that's a part of it is what the team has been doing to, to overpass the Mets. And also the big issue is Fernando Tatis not playing and when is he going to come back because if he comes back and plays, then his odds would get boosted back up. He's a definite front-runner, but if he's out for a lengthy period of time, that brings these other players like Harper into the conversation with the Phillies doing as well as they are. Uh,
0: Finally, as we wrap it up, two other sports. Messi to PSG. Uh, I wasn't surprised with that move. They seem to be spending the money. Paris has the money to go do that. And how does that change the handle, in your opinion, on global soccer compared to where the money was with him on Barcelona going forward with PSG?
4: Yeah, it's going to be a shift and we've seen it in the Champions League market already because PSG went from 8 to 1 down to the 3 to 1 favorite. So I raised Man City up to 7 to 2, PSG now 3 to 1 favorite. Mm-hmm. And now there's going to be more emphasis on the French league as it's usually the EPL, Serie A and La Liga are the ones that stand out, but now uh, the French League One is going to be in the spotlight, and we're going to have a lot of people in the book wanting to watch those games.
0: Tell me what we have coming up with golf, especially here. Deschambeau struggles. And what about some of these golfers, the elite golfers, that might want to get one more big win? Obviously FedEx points and the opportunity to put some more money in the bank here over the next couple weeks.
4: Yeah, this is the last tournament this week before the FedEx Cup playoff starts. So we're at the Wyndham Championship in North Carolina. Basically, the Webb Simpson machine course As he's just top five every year here. Mm-hmm. He's a 10 to 1 favorite. Patrick Reed just withdrew today. So at the top, you have Matsuyama, Louis Oosthuizen at 16 to 1. Then it escalates from there. So it's not that strong of a field. The playoffs starting next week, that's when we're going to see the return of all the top golfers.
3: Are
0: our customers happy to get the Olympics off the board to sit in your beautiful sports book now and get back to basics?
4: Well, you know, we had a tremendous handle in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It was very well received with all the events that we had up, especially the, uh, the basketball teams winning the gold at the yes. end there. So it was a. Uh, it was successful from not only our standpoint, but from the betters. They enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Talk to you in a couple of weeks.
4: All right. Thanks, JT.
0: There he is, Jeff Sherman from the Superbook over at the uh, Westgate. As we always want to give you something on odds on this show as we get ready. And for preseason football, uh, you know, he talked about the sharp betters. If you got a couple hundred bucks ready to get loose, I don't know how you're not betting preseason football and taking these unders. We're just taking the total. I mean, and look at it that way. I have I've have only seen one half of one game so far in the preseason. The obvious one, the Hall of Fame game, which was a dud. That was a disaster. Dallas was pathetic. They shouldn't have went. They should have just went there and all waved at Drew Pearson and Cliff Harris and the Hall of Famers and Jimmy Johnson and just left. Should have came there on golf carts and said, "We're not playing. We're just here for Jimmy Johnson" because they didn't put up an effort. We're at a point now where you can win money gambling on preseason football if you seem to know the side that's going to care about it a little bit more. We just had on John Gruden to start. I will tell you this. I never talk about the Raiders from a gambling perspective. Never had 23rd year with the team coming up here. Why would I? I'm going to sit here and tell you what to bet on a Raider game. I don't bet. I don't know. So I put people on that can. I want to see Raider players play. Raider players need to play in the preseason. They open up against Baltimore. Baltimore. The pedigree of Baltimore's ass-kicking defense is insane. And then they have Pittsburgh's ass-kicking defense. So if everybody, you know, Waller's missing. Where's Waller? Where's Waldo? Where's Waller? He's fine. I'm not worried about Waller. Waller will be ready to go. I'm worried about the offensive line going up against live ammunition. Live guys who are going to be trying to bull rush them and how they pick up the blitz. That's what John Gruden told us, wink, wink. I asked him about the offensive line, and he talked about their ability to pick up the blitz against these two teams. So I'm one of the guys, I like the blitz against Carr. One of the things about Derek that he's really good at is picking up the blitz. Now, of course, just a few times a year, the blitz gets him and he fumbles the football. But not many. I mean, Derek doesn't fumble the football a lot. He fumbles the football when the offensive line gets blown up, and he gets, he gets blown up. A lot of quarterbacks do that, and Derek's worked on that. He spent a lot of time working on securing the football. But the more you blitz at Derek Carr, the more Derek Carr should see the blitz coming, change out of the play, or at least have eye contact with someone and get the ball out quickly. But try doing that against T.J. Watt of, of Pittsburgh. Okay, you know he's coming. You gotta chip him. You gotta chip him with Waller or Moreau, or you gotta have Ingle or you gotta have Jacobs back there picking up the blitz coming off the edge. And then hopefully Carr gets the ball out easy, smooth, in a one-on-one situation. Derek likes to throw the ball to guys who have a chance in one-on-one. Derek doesn't like to throw the ball, nor should he, into double coverage. This year, the Raiders have so many weapons on offense that someone's ass better be in motion, breaking off the line of scrimmage because they're moving. There's got to be more fakes. There's got to be more blitz pickups, and the ball's got to come out in one-on-one situations where a Raider player can go beat their opponent and take it to the house. That, to me, is going to be the key to this year. One hour up, one more to go. I got no interviews the last hour of the show. I'm expected to hear some phone calls. So let's get it going. Today's simple for me. We just had John Gruden on, so you can comment on that interview with Coach Gruden and what you want to see. I want to hear from fans who went to practice. Not the complaining fans who blank and moan about their parking spot or how they got there. Not This is not your show to complain about parking. And I want to hear from fans who saw Tom Flores And Charles Woodson and Canton watched it on TV. What was the moment for you at the Hall of Fame? Dial now. We'll get you up. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Grimaldi's.